Welcome back to the week 16 edition of the most accurate podcast. Here to gear you up for the first round for some, semis for some fantasy playoffs. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle. Joined today for a very special edition of the John and John two-man game. It is none other than the man himself, John Paulson. Paulson, I imagine it's been a very busy week for you for both rankings and rest-of-season rankings, given all of the news we're about to discuss in today's show. Yeah, I mean, injury bug hitting people. We have uh, illness bugs hitting our staff. Uh, so Sam Hoppin, I hope you feel better. He's he's out sick today. Producer Sal's struggling as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to get, get through the season, and we are definitely in crunch time. It is, uh, it's been a crazy last month of the season. Myself and Ryan Noonan had it all last week. So, yes, we've all experienced it. It's just the time of the year where everyone's running around. Kids are sneezing in everyone's faces. <laughs> uh, the, the public are going out as they travel across the country to go have terrible drinks with their high school friends. Yeah, it's just going around right now. But we're going to get through. And this is not the last show. Remember, we will be back week 17 as well. And the most accurate podcast will go on through week 18, the playoffs, but the preview show, obviously, the next two weeks for the fantasy playoffs, and then we will be out of our way for the Wednesday edition. Also, we will not be getting to start sits today. That instead is being held by you, Paulson. You're the man taking the bullet for all of us here because your week 16 start sit Q&A will be held this Friday December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve, so you, no one has an excuse not to attend. You're not traveling yet. At 1220, I'm not sure why it's not 1230. I don't know why y'all did that, but okay, the 12, 12, okay, 1230 p.m. Eastern. There you go. At the 4 for 4 YouTube, which you're probably watching live right now, remember all you have to do to ask a question and get it answered is subscribe. So if you're watching right now, literally hit the like and subscribe. It goes a long way for all of us who have been doing five to seven shows per week on that very channel, doing our best to try and build it for the first time in 444 history. So we all appreciate everyone subscribing and being there, and you will get your questions answered for it. Let's start with some player news, though, and hit it straight from the top because Jalen Hurts, obviously injured. Nick Sirianni and the organization are playing the waiting game, but we've done this for too long. We know he's not going to play. I would guess he's going to miss the next two games for the Eagles, honestly, especially with the NFC, at least one of the top two seeds locked up. Eagles would have to lose out for the 49ers to creep in for the number one seed. So let's begin with Gardner Minshew, who, as we recall, did step in for a win against this Cowboys team last year. No A.J. Brown hammered Dallas Goddard with 100% catch rate, six targets, six catches over 100 yards, as he had rapport with him, Goddard, of course, who is also returning this week against the Cowboys. But let's start with Gardner Minshew and how you are handling not having Jalen Hurts for week 16 and the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I'm still holding out hope, and I may be naive, but I've got a big dog roster that has Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr as my two quarterback so i'm really hoping that uh jalen hurts somehow can play this week but it doesn't sound good i think i agree that's why i uh i knew i would get a thousand questions about where would Minshew rank if if jalen hurts was out normally i you know if a, if a player finishes a game i usually leave them in the rankings until it becomes obvious that they're not going to play but this was a special situation because we know if jalen hurts is 
active that you're going to start them. So that doesn't doesn't help to have them in the rankings. So it helps to have Minshew there so that everybody can see uh, where he stands, where all the other Eagles stand with him in the lineup. And I feel like he's a really good streamer uh, this week, given the situation, because he's you know playing with the best supporting cast that he's ever had. Uh, and he has shown some life as uh, a starting fantasy quarterback. If you remember 19, uh, 2019, 2020, he had 37 touchdowns, uh, 11 interceptions in 23 games as a starter for, for Jacksonville. He can run a little bit. He had uh, 20, almost 25 yards rushing per game as a rookie, uh, 17 uh, as a, a second-year starter at, at Jacksonville. Um, he had two starts. Uh, I believe you mentioned one of them, at least at the uh, with the Eagles. He had 18.8 fantasy points in that game. He had 14.4 uh, in another start uh, back in 2021 for the Eagles. And, you know, when he was with Jacksonville, he was thrown to DJ Chark as his number one receiver. And now he has AJ Brown, uh, Devonta Smith. He's got a health, healthy uh, Dallas Goddard back, who I think is uh, a very trustworthy start in his first game back, given the landscape at tight end. I think you have to have to start him unless you have another stud at the position. Uh, I feel pretty confident. Uh, and, and then looking at the Dallas Cowboys, they're, they're fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but they did get shredded by Trevor Lawrence last week to the tune of 318 and four touchdowns. Uh, and we know that this is probably going to be a high-scoring game uh, you know, in Dallas. I mean, this is a, a good offense for Dallas, a good offense for the Eagles, and they're going to put up some points. And Lawrence was Lawrence. Looked like a number one pick for two quarters in overtime in that game. But I will also say that top five finish last week for him, you can also attribute it to Dallas's injury cluster right now. And it looks like they're going to have that same injury cluster against the Eagles. No safety J-Ron curse. Uh, two of their starting three cornerbacks, Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, out. Nose tackle Jonathan Hankins out until the playoffs. And middle linebacker Leighton Vanderish might be out for the year. So that injury cluster combined with just an overall scheme that like we trust Gardner Minshew for what he did last year. We trust him as an above average backup quarterback. The Eagles team's total still over 22 points as well in a week where we have four games, four total games where the actual projected total in Vegas is 36 and a half points or under. So you could say the Eagles are literally a top five offense for week 16. So yes, I'm absolutely trusting Gardner Minshew in this matchup. However, I know he's not either of our number one pickup pending who's available. So I want to hear your quarterbacks, and you can go from shallow to deep leagues, how you rank them in terms of starting in place of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the, the injuries to Dallas, and if that continues, this Minshew might move up a little bit because the one thing that's kind of kept him as, as a high-end QB2 in my rankings is that is that Dallas is fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So, but that that looks back ten weeks, and if we're looking at a Dallas defense that's more decimated and it continues to be decimated heading into this week, then Minshew might move up uh, above the guy that I would list first, which is Daniel Jones. He's got a fantastic matchup against uh, the Vikings. They're thirty first adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to uh, quarterbacks, and they have given up an average of 316 yards passing 1.5 touchdowns to this lineup of quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Mike White, and Mac Jones. Uh, so, you know, also in the dome. So that's nice, uh, nice weather there in the dome. A lot of these teams are not playing in nice weather this week. So that's a, that's a good start there. I think with Jones, that should be kind of a shootout. 
I also like Aaron Rodgers at Miami. I think he's a he's one that you can pick up if you wanted to wait on uh, Jalen Hurts and see if he's going to play uh, because he plays uh, on Sunday uh, against Miami. Neither defense is very good. Uh, Packers or the or the the Dolphins. This one uh, has the second highest total, uh, tied with the Giants and Vikings this week, and could turn into a shootout. All of his uh, weapons are now healthy. We saw that Romeo Dobbs looked pretty good in his first game back. Uh, Christian Watson's uh, ability to take it to the house at any given play. Uh, so I think he should have a, a better game than he did uh, last week uh, against the Rams. And then you're getting into a little bit dicier uh, picks, pickups. Uh, Brock Purdy, though, has done pretty well. Two touchdowns in three straight games. Uh, Washington is second in just fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but I don't really view them as a defensive juggernaut. Uh, and I think Jared Goff is a good play. I, I know he's away uh, from Ford Field, and he does better at home. Uh, but Carolina's 19th and just fancy points, points allowed to quarterback, and he's had a great season. Uh, he's got a full complement of weapons as well. And, uh, you know, Carolina can be had through the air. So I have Daniel Jones ranked over Aaron Rodgers. I think you're the opposite, right? Aaron Rodgers. No, I have, I, I have it the same way. Okay, good, good. Okay, so we are seeing eye to eye. Daniel Jones and then Aaron Rodgers, and then Gardner Minshew. Uh, I just want to add some context to Brock Purdy as well, who I believe is a, a good pickup for deeper leagues. And honestly, I think Daniel Jones and Rodgers are rostered most places, uh, for better or worse, whereas Purdy, Zach Wilson, Gardner Minshew, and Sam Darnold, I'll get to that in a second, are probably available. So Purdy, yes, you mentioned Washington's defense. You are skeptical. And then you see if we peek under the hood, over their last two months, they may have perform better against quarterbacks. You can also see that they've played Daniel Jones in back-to-back games, Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills, and Sam Ellinger in that time. Whereas there are only two tests in the last two months, Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, both finished as top 12 quarterbacks. Plus, if you pick up Purdy now and you move on, you get him against the Raiders in week 17. So I love I love Brock Purdy. Uh, Zach Wilson, I do think is viable. However, if you have Jalen Hurts, it just makes more sense given the razor-thin margin of fractional fantasy points, the difference between Zach Wilson and Gardner, Gardner Minshew at the end of the day, to just go ahead and pick up Gardner Minshew so you're not left shuffling yet again in Week 17 since we think Zach Wilson's not going to play the moment Mike White's healthy. But for this game, like Jacksonville has given up a top-12 finish to quarterbacks in six consecutive games. They've allowed the fourth-most points, 28, so four touchdowns, and fourth-most passing yards, since Trevor Lawrence began punching back in week nine. Everyone talks about his splits. Look at Jacksonville's defense splits because the more Jacksonville scores, the more they can't stop anyone. So I I like Zach Wilson in a sneaky spot as well as the QB nine last week against the Lions. So although he was very bad, he proved competent with surrounding offensive talent. He can get it done. And then that leads me to Sam Darnold, who is the last of those options and one for deeper leagues, two quarterback super flex. But again, like the 17 points total that the Lions allowed to the Jets don't tell the whole story. Since Detroit's defense still got spiked for five and a half yards per play and nine yards per attempt to Wilson. Um, so with we all know like they cannot stop the run now. Like the Lions are the Lions haven't allowed a single player over 75 rushing yards since their week seven bye. And that has forced opponents through the air for 37 pass attempts per game. So Deontay Foreman, not only do I literally consider him droppable, like you can't start him and you're definitely not playing him in this matchup. I actually just want to trick my opponents to picking him up and playing him. 
but I think there's going to be volume here for Sam Darnold. We have DJ Moore projecting well in our projections. So I, I think it's very clear that Chuba Hubbard has the higher floor as the receiving back, as he showed last week with three catches for 45 yards receiving. DJ Moore's in a good spot against this terrible line secondary. And that leads me to think Sam Darnold is a viable quarterback too this week. Yeah, yeah, I've got Darnold at 19. Uh, I might have to look at Wilson again. I, I don't trust him in a I get it. playoff semifinal, but you're right about the matchup. The uh, Jacksonville's 32nd and just a fancy points allowed uh, to quarterbacks. But I would much rather start Gardner Minshew over either of these guys, even though they're he's playing a tougher defense in theory. Uh, I just, you know, I like the idea of starting Minshew. Uh, I don't like the idea of starting Darnold or Wilson, but you know, beggars can't be choosers uh, when we're trying to stream uh, with with uh, Jalen Hurts likely out. So I think I think you nailed it on all those fronts, except for maybe the the closeness between Minshew and those other guys. Uh, but you're absolutely right about this uh, pass funnel uh, defense now that the Lions, which is crazy to say that the Lions uh, are the number one bad matchup for running backs. Uh, so yeah, you could definitely stay away from Dante Foreman this week. Okay. Chris Allen, who is much more trustworthy about these situations than us, discussed whether, of course, he is a meteorologist, discussed whether in the Tuesday edition, the streaming episode of TMAP. So if you want a more intelligent opinion, please go listen to the Tuesday episode of The Most Accurate Podcast. But having listened to that, because I'm a team player, I would like to sift through some tough start-sit situations for three games in particular. And let's start with the Browns and Saints because this 31.5-point team total, I don't even attribute to weather. I attribute to two very bad offenses. Uh, the Browns, the last three games of Deshaun Watson, averaging only 1.7 touchdowns, which is as many as the Cardinals and Broncos in that span. One of the league's worst offenses right now. Whereas the Saints had the lowest team total, 14.5 points on the board. And honestly, when you look at that, you look at how Chris Olave has been used for six consecutive games. Uh, Rashid Shahid, of course, who I wrote about in the waiver column, talked about him last week. He was on your sneaky starts column, ran more routes than Olave this past game. I don't think you could possibly start Chris Olave. You just can't. And so I'm curious where you're at with this game environment and where you're seeing the big players here overall. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned the wind. Uh, we're looking at 25-plus sustained mile per hour winds uh and the temperatures are going to be below zero in terms of feels like with the wind chill single digits you know real temperature so it's just going to be an ugly situation to try to throw the ball um so i wouldn't want to start any pass catchers for either of these teams if i could avoid it um i do think that alave is you know wide receiver for type you could plug him in if you just depending on how bad your bench is but he's certainly not the player that we would normally start you know as a wide receiver two uh in a dome or environment or something like that so um i think it you will probably see a lot of nick chubb i think uh kareem hunt is a bit of a of a sneaky start this week if if the uh the browns you know run it 40 times which is certainly possible i think on the other side of the ball I, you know kamara is okay uh, he didn't really do as well as I had hoped last week uh, with Mark Ingram out. I uh, didn't find the end zone, but he did see a big workload. So uh, he should see a lot of touches. And I think Taysom Hill at tight end is viable. Um, he's always viable, but he's 
he's likely to see you know a handful of carries. Could see as many t- as ten carries if if the Saints have to go run heavy, which I would assume both teams will. Um, but that just means extra carries for some of these peripheral guys. So I think you know if you're desperate, you could you could start uh, Hunt uh, at running back, and then uh, Hill is, is viable at tight end. I would start Taysom Hill over Jawan Johnson given the game environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this looks like a double-digit carry game for Taysom Hill, whereas Jawan Johnson, yes, he's getting there as 2021 Robert Tunyon, where he's doing nothing but catching touchdowns, and we're definitely going to fade him next year. But just the total points does not leave it as a two-touchdown Jawan Johnson game. So that's where I'm at in this game. Also, where would you move Kareem Hunt up to if Nick Chubb were to miss, I think he'll play. It's a short week, so they're probably just resting him. But DMP with a foot injury Tuesday, when Kevin Stefanski was asked about it, he said he hopes Nick Chubb plays. So a little bit ominous. And as we know, last year in starts for Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt averaged 18 and a half touches. Yeah, he. I mean, we know that Kareem Hunt is a good football player. Uh, he's produced as the RB1 for different teams uh, when he's had the opportunity. So he'd move all the way up, I think, into the top 12. Uh, if Chubb is out, I have Chubb right now at seven and a half PPR. I have Hunt down at 48, uh, but I, I'm going to talk about him a little bit in the sneaky starts column this week. Uh, and as you mentioned, Chubb has that, uh, that foot injury. If he were to miss, Hunt would move up a lot. Let's discuss Jaguars Jets, because I don't think we're worried about weather here, but it is a short week for Trevor Lawrence. It is a Jets offense with Zach Wilson. And it is a running back who, in Zonovan Knight, who was injured on Sunday, but then immediately removed from the injury report as early as Tuesday. So we think he's going to be full go. So again, going back to the big names, especially because Garrett Wilson, our worst fear, finishes a wide receiver three last week from Zach Wilson. Where do you have the notable players ranked this week? Well, we are we are a little bit worried about the weather. It's it's twelve to seventeen mile per hour winds, uh, rain throughout the game, uh, some heavy rain towards the end of the game, uh, 0.13 inches, 0.10 uh, inches per hour, 0.15 inches per hour. So it could be uh, getting into some moderate to heavy rain there. So the conditions aren't going to be good. Temperatures aren't going to be too bad, uh, but pretty sloppy conditions. So it's a little bit. I, I think I feel it's a little bit dicey on the passing front. So that makes me another, you know, a little bit more nervous about uh, Zach Wilson as a streamer. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing well enough that he's going to be okay, but I'm, I'm lowering my expectations for him given the matchup against one of the best defenses in the league against, you know, the Jets. Uh, Zonovan Knight uh, moved up in my rankings this morning because he is not on the injury report. He had a foot ankle injury last week, and I thought maybe uh, Michael Carter. Uh, was going to get the start this week, but it looks like Knight is going to play. And uh, he's got a good uh, matchup against the Jaguars. Defense has been pretty leaky. Uh, And then, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, Travis Etienne has been getting his uh, workload. He was back this last week with a pretty good game. So I feel pretty good about the runners. I'm less uh, inclined to start the the passers or the uh, receivers, but they're still viable. This is not the type of weather that turns me completely off on a game. It just lowers my expectations. I'm personally not worried about Zonovan Knight at all. Uh, like Alvin Kamara coming into this week, where who handled last week 
23 of 27 touches. I know David Johnson ran more routes. I know David Johnson was annoyingly involved in the red zone as well. But just that 85% backfield touch rate, I'm going right back to Alvin Kamara this week in a great spot against the Browns, although his ceiling is lowered according to Vegas and the total and the team total. Same for Zonovan Knight. Like the fact that his share of backfield touches only increased this past week, his second game with Michael Carter, in a game where he was injured, Knight was. Like that tells me they are all aboard Zonovan Knight over Michael Carter. And so I am trusting Zonovan Knight, a really good matchup against this very bad Jaguars defense. With Corey Davis returning, I'm guessing we have both poured cold water on Elijah Moore's outlook, correct? Yeah, I mean, Corey Davis has been a thorn in uh, Elijah Moore's side. It seems like Garrett Wilson's role is pretty established and he's safer. Uh, but uh, Elijah Moore's outlook certainly changes with a, a healthy Corey Davis back. And let's get to Bills and Bears. Uh, I am I live only two miles from Soldier Field. I'm already gearing up with gallons of water for negative three and 30 to 50 mile per hour gust in some areas is what I've heard. I, there are so many questions. This game begins and ends with Justin Fields. And we cannot squeeze like the streaming options ahead of Justin Fields, who's been a QB one in nine consecutive games. That is insanity, especially since he openly to the media talked about being just over 200 yards shy rushing yards of the single season record for rushing yards by a quarterback. He knows what he's going for. And I think they're trying to get him that. So I'm still, I still have confidence in Justin Fields, but for you, where does he come in and name a few quarterbacks you have him ranked around to give people an example? Yeah. And he's, you know, the reason we like Justin Fields is because he can really run the ball. Right. So it's not so much as a passer that we're too worried about the, the heavy winds that we're going to see there. It looks like 20 to 22 mile per hour sustained winds, uh, negative feels like temperatures again, single digit real temperatures. So I, I want you to uh, stay safe there. Uh, stay warm. I'm not going out, uh, buddy. I'm not, not leaving. Go, I hope you're not going to the game, John. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that just sounds like a miserable experience. But um, I think uh, he's relatively safe because we're probably going to get, you know, 80 plus yards rushing out of him. Uh, the, the Bills have a really good defense. And if they, you know, they did get kind of shredded by uh, Raheem Mostert, Josh Allen last week. Um, but, uh, you know, or I'm sorry. Uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, Tua Tugavaloa last week, but I don't think that uh, they're just going to be, be able to throw the ball as well, uh, the, the Bears. So it's going to be a lot of running, and uh, Fields should be able to to rack it up. I I have uh, Bur you know Burrow at five, Cousins at six, Fields at seven, Prescott at eight, Tom Brady at nine. So I have him there as a solid uh, QB one starter. I think you know given his upside and ability to to, to break tackles in open field, I think he's a, a strong start every week. If you're asking start sick questions about Josh Allen, you don't deserve Josh Allen. Let's start there. But also, if you have Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, where are you ranking these players? Like, it's so funny to look at that slate or that last week's game against the Dolphins from even a DFS perspective because it was three games and Josh Allen didn't win in DFS or underdog battle royal because – no one is helping him out. Like Stephon Diggs, 65 receiving yards. Everyone else except Dawson Knox, even less than that. So Josh Allen had 300 yards and four touchdowns through the air, and yet no one helped. Uh, and so, like, how do you how do you 
put these players into rankings with Josh Allen, Dawson Knox included, who I am worried about. It was against the Dolphins. Everyone does well against the Dolphins and Seahawks. That's why no George Kittle victory lapping is allowed. Everyone should have their account canceled if you did that. Uh, where do you fit Knox, Diggs, and Gabriel Davis? Uh yeah, I think I mean I don't worry too much about the Bills passing attack in this type of weather. They're used to playing in it. Uh it's not 25 plus. I do get a little start getting a little concerned at 20 uh, miles per hour and once we get over that, but he's got a really strong arm. He's used to playing in it and he also can run and will run. Uh so I'm not worried about Josh Allen specifically. The passing game's a little bit more alarming, so I will uh, or concerning. So I will keep an eye on these wins and if it does get a bit higher then we might see their rush uh, pass rush splits uh, tilt more to the run, uh, and they can run on the on the Bears if they want to. Uh, the Bears are just not a great defense. They're you know Diggs is facing uh, the 20th adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers defense. I have him ranked right now as a wide receiver one. Uh, I have Gabe Davis, who's been a little up and down to say the least, uh, wide receiver three, uh, and we we really don't know where Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie are going to fit in the coming weeks. But uh, right now, McKenzie's a little higher than, than Beasley. He didn't play a whole lot uh, last week. I think Dawson Knox is a low-end tight end one. He is running hot. I think he is a pretty good uh, player. He's athletic, uh, just kind of been up and down this year compared to last year, but is a tight end uh, who catches a lot of touchdowns. So it's always nice to have your lineup. Um, but yes, the... Uh, he, he did do well against teams that he's supposed to do well against. And, and the Bears are a little bit better against tight ends. They're just six in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And I don't worry about wind. No, I don't worry about snow. I don't worry about cold. Wind is where it's at. So that's what I'm watching for this game because then that would make Gabriel Davis probably an unplayable individual if the wind continues to project as it does now. For the Bills and Devin Singletary, it's more about the fact that they are using three running backs. The weather doesn't matter. So Devin Singletary thin already in that game. Khalil Herbert, it will be his first game back as well. We don't know the actual timeshare, but you know, with Justin Fields still running the ball, it won't be enough to start Khalil Herbert, but maybe he's a nuisance to David Montgomery enough to where David Montgomery is more of a Fringe RB1, middle-of-the-road RB2. So start decisions eventually to be made there. Again, you can ask Paulson on Friday at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. One more before we move on to a few rankings discussions, and that is Austin Eckler. I'm not worried. Test came back negative from his shoulder injury, but how do you view this situation? Yeah, and I, I think it's more of a, you know, when I look at sneaky starts, so I start writing that column, I'm looking for, uh, one of the things I look for, are, you know, pretty good backups that have great matchups that might see double digit touches. And I think Josh Kelly uh, fits that bill. I think he had 11 touches last week, just in the fact that it's a nice matchup against the Colts. They've been getting torched by running backs uh, over the last month or so, and they might uh, limit Eckler a little bit if they are at all worried about that shoulder. I don't know if he's going to see his usual workload. I think he's still a really strong start given the matchup, but um they might just tilt a little bit towards Kelly since he's healthy and uh, kind of let, letting uh, lighten uh, Eckler's load a little bit uh, in this game against the Colts. And Josh Kelly, of course, has out-touched Isaiah Spiller 23-0 over the last three games. This is why I do the end-of-roster top 10 at the very bottom of the waiver wire column to keep these stashes pertinent for anyone who asked. And Kelly is the number two end-of-roster player right now as I refreshed it this past week, uh, 
Alexander Madison still number one. Since if Dalvin Cook were injured in week 16, the Vikings get the Packers in week 17. Great matchup for Madison. Let's talk about Jarrett McKinnon. Because anytime I'm asked about Jarrett McKinnon, I just simply say, imagine benching the overall RB1 the last two games. I think it's that simple. But go ahead and dive in deeper to the usage between he and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, I mean, I think heading into last week, it felt a little point, Chasey, to use uh, our friend uh, Evan Silva's term to to go after McKinnon, but he then he scores another two touchdowns. So I just uh, think he's got a really solid role in this offense. He's being used in the red zone, uh, catching a ton of passes. And they both these players, McKinnon, Pacheco, I have them 14 right now for McKinnon, 15 for Pacheco. Uh, both these players are certainly, you know, RB high end RB twos, low end RB ones this week, uh, a great matchup against Seattle. Seattle's just been getting torched by running backs. They're 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to, to running backs. So, uh, you know, and the weather is a little iffy there too. Uh, I'm not too worried about this game at all, uh, or Patrick Mahomes in the, in this weather, but they might run a little bit more. And if they do, uh, Pacheco and, and McKinnon would certainly benefit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, McKinnon on fire last two weeks, overall RB one. And who would have thought that? And the game script hasn't mattered for McKinnon. So the higher floor, obviously, just being involved in the passing game, it is certainly McKinnon over Pacheco. And maybe Pacheco gets there, but clearly a lower floor in that he isn't catching passes at all. What about Leonard Fournette and Rashad White? Rashad White, who is significantly lower in your rankings, and it's a good matchup for both. I would start, for instance, we'll get into the Colts' backfield in a bit, but I would still start Rashad White over Zach Moss since White is still involved in the passing game and against this Cardinals defense offense, that's not moving the ball. Trace McSorley likely under center. Like I just have zero hope for any pushback against the bucks. Yeah. And so that makes you wonder how much usage all these guys will get or how much the, the bucks will have to score. So, you know, that's one of those things we look at is, how, you know, what are the likelihood where a quarterback's going to be a negative game script. And last week's uh, with Brady, it, it worked out. Uh, they did did need him to throw the ball more as they were trying to catch up. Uh, in this situation, I've been watching this backfield go back and forth, and now we have, uh, last week, we have Leonard Fournette playing 58% of the snaps, uh, Rashad White playing 39% of the snaps. That might have had something to do with game script, but he, uh, Fournette out-touched uh, White 14-12. to 12. Uh, I think White has been better as a runner. I mean, he's had a, his last month or so, he's, had a few games where he's been over four yards per carry, and we've talked about the Bucks' uh, rushing attack uh, su such that it is uh, all season and how bad they've been. And for him to uh, produce that over a several-game stretch uh, was pretty impressive, but now it seems like he's uh, fallen behind Fournette. So I, I would start Fournette over White if I had both. Um, and I think both are startable. Uh, the, the Cardinals have been a very generous defense to all positions, and including the running back position. I think they're both... Uh, both worthy starts as RB2, RB3 types. And I can't imagine the Bucks use Gio Bernard, even if they get into that projected two, three score game script. I bet it would be Rashad White, if anything, over Leonard Fournette. So again, on board with both. The Cardinals don't even play this game. Uh, the notable usage trends we want to start discussing, though, is the Bucks Steelers, not the Bucks, the Steelers, running backs. I wrote about Jalen Warren in the waiver wire column because his 12 touches matched a his season high that he set before he was injured in week 11. And clearly back at full health, since they healthy scratched both Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane, the Steelers are also 
now play calling the league's seventh highest run play rate since week nine, since they returned from their bye. And now they get the Raiders. So go ahead and discuss Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Yeah, I think Najee Harris is a rock solid, uh, you know, high end RB2, low end RB1, given his usage. And they're, they're, they're scoring more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. Kenny Pickett might be back this week, which I don't think is necessarily good uh, for anybody except for maybe uh, George Pickens. Uh, but um, from the running game standpoint, Vegas is 32nd, last in the league, and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, they've given up an average of 138 total yards, 4.91 yards per carry, 1.25 touchdowns per game to the position since week 12. Uh, and as you mentioned, Warren's uh, usage upticked a little bit there, and I think this might be a game where he does see you know, close to 10 touches. He's had at least nine touches in four of his last nine games, so it's kind of a coin flip, but I think it has a lot to do with game script and whether or not uh, the Steelers you know, need to throw the ball more than they would like. But I think this is a game where they can run the ball quite a bit, and they have been getting him involved. Uh, he found the end zone last week, and uh, if they go run heavy again, I think uh, he's, he's, a, he's a sneaky start this week. Would you go Jalen Warren or Tyler Algier, given that Algier, without Caleb Huntley this past week, season high, 17 carries, went over 100 yards for the first time all year. At the same time, though, the Falcons not only seven and a half point dogs against the Ravens, and we can argue the line. Maybe the Ravens shouldn't be seven point favorites over anyone. But at the same time, since they traded for Roquan Smith, they actually are allowing a league low 3.1 yards per carry and Algier doesn't get targets. So it's actually a, a miserable, the worst possible matchup for Algier, who I know some people may be forced to make a decision with just given the injury landscape. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I have Algier and half PPR at 36 right now, Warren at 39. I think the thing Close. that is, appeal, is appealing about Algier is that he does have a uh, a role that we know he's going. I mean, we don't know about Warren's touches. We don't know that he's going to get nine plus touches, but we do have a pretty good sense that Algier is going to get 15 touches one way or the other, uh, given the, the way that this uh, backfield is tilting. You mentioned the matchup. That's why I don't, I, I'm not going to write him up for sneaky starts because I, I don't feel comfortable recommending really anyone against the the Ravens defense that you mentioned the, the 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, on the season, they're, they're allowing the third fewest rushing yards, uh, 3.8 yards per carry on the season. So it's a bad, you know, Baltimore's always been a, a tough matchup for running backs. And it, it, it's the it's that way again. I think the one thing that you can kind of prop up Algier is that they run the ball so much and he is going to see some touches. He might end up, you know, with 15 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown and, and get there that way. What about the Colts situation, which I know, a lot of people have differing opinions on the way I have landed on it is that I have thrown Deion Jackson's past performances, which everyone remembers out the window. I don't think they matter at all, given that Zach Moss wasn't on the team and Jeff Saturday wasn't on the team. Whereas we look at the most recent example against the Vikings and you see that Zach Moss outsnapped, outtouched 24 to 14, and more importantly, ran more routes than Deion Jackson. So no matter the game script, I would guess, with Nick Foles, Zach Moss is the leading running back in this backfield. But what is your spin on that situation? Yeah, I was thinking about this backfield this morning. Uh, and I'm sorry. I, my, yeah, it's, yeah I, I'm sorry, too. Uh, and my initial response is that Deion Jackson is better. And I want to rank him higher and I want to, and I, I like his role in the, in the passing game, but then you go look at the routes run and Zach Moss ran more routes against the Vikings than the Colts did or that the Jackson did. So uh, 
it, it was, I mean, Jack, Jackson had a pretty significant role. It was 14 touches, but I mean, then you look at Moss's, I mean, 24 carries. Uh, so clearly they want to see what he can do uh, for better or for worse. This is a, a weird matchup though. And I wonder, you know, again, against the chargers, if they fall behind, are they still going to have Moss out there who is not as good of a pass catcher as Jackson, or are they going to go to, you know, more hurry up and, and, throw the ball to Jackson. I mean, Jackson did have the, the catch, uh, the receiving touchdown. Um, but so that's the one way I think that this could go where you see Jackson, maybe with seven catches or something, if they, if they fall behind and he ends up with a big game receiving, it does seem like they want to see what Moss can do as a runner. And this is a good matchup against the chargers in terms of uh, uh, the chargers being a bad rush defense. And with the chargers, as you mentioned, allowing a league high 5.4 yards per carry, it does make for a better situation, honestly, than Zach Moss. Just like how the Chargers were predicted to blow out the Titans last week. Like we know, we know how the Chargers play. Come on, we're it's week 16. We're not falling for this. So the Chargers will somehow be in a close game. And as what led us to to bet on Latavius Murray over Melvin Gordon, like bad coaches do bad things. And Jeff Saturday, a very bad coach, is going to go to Zach Moss, not Deion Jackson since we can see that Jackson is the better player. I think it's that simple. I will let you talk about the Packers receivers against the Dolphins. I am admittedly worried that eight days rest for the Dolphins who played on Saturday, Packers, very short week with Monday night game and then Christmas morning contest. But warm weather, which is more than a lot of games can say, both team totals, both the total as well, all going up, still surging. Let's hear your thoughts on... Romeo Dobbs' return and what happened with the Packers receivers for Monday night. Yeah, it was interesting uh, looking at this game the next day because it just seemed like Romeo Dobbs was out there a lot more than what he ended up being out there in terms of, of, of routes run. He only ran 11 routes, but he had five catches. Uh, it looked like he was getting targeted pretty heavily whenever he was out there. Uh, and then, you know, compare that to Christian Watson, 34 routes, uh, Alan Lazard, 35 routes. So I think, you know, he's going to ramp up. He looked good. They're going to start to run him some more. And I think there is a chance in this game that he pays off as a wide receiver for a start uh, in his second game back. Uh, so that was the interesting thing to me was that Dobbs led that team in, in catches, uh, only running 11 routes and one third of what Christian Watson and, 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 uh, and Lazard did. Uh, so I think Lazard's is like in a, in a kind of a, swoon right now in terms of his he's kind of in a rut in terms of his scoring uh it seems like he's uh you know falling into the wide receiver three position there when he was a pretty reliable wide receiver one for Aaron Rodgers for the first half of the season now you have the explosiveness of Christian Watson which what Rodgers wants to take care uh advantage of and uh you know Dobbs has been playing uh well too so uh, I think both Watson and uh, Dobbs and I think Lazard to a certain extent too are all startable uh, depending on your situation uh, because this this game in Miami is probably going to be uh, one of the higher scoring this week and I think I think the, the Packer offense will need to show up one way or the other and, and score 25 points or more if they want to win and what about Seattle's wide receiver situation Tyler Lockett out at least for week 16 I still doubt we see him return just given the plumbing that Seattle has done the last six games now. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marquise Goodwin, DK Metcalf? Yeah, we'll see if the Seahawks are still in the playoff hunt. If they are, I think he'll do everything he can to get out there. And it does sound like they, you know, 
that everything went well with the surgery and that he's got a chance. But um, Marquise Goodwin is is a live streamer if you're trying to replace Lockett or just want a, a pretty good receiver to start. I mean, he's had some really good games uh, this year. He had four for 67 and two touchdowns on five targets against the Chargers. Uh, two weeks ago, he had five for 95 and a touchdown against Carolina on six targets. He had another five targets last week against San Francisco. Didn't do much with them, but... Uh, and then he had two for 38 and a touchdown and two targets against Tampa. So he's going to run a lot of routes. He's probably going to see uh, most uh, of the targets that went to tar- uh, Tyler Lockett. I think DK Metcalf is kind of a must start. I mean, I think he's already been a must start for a while, but he's he's in my top 10 this week, given the the loss of, of Lockett. And I think uh, Noah Fant's kind of a live streamer as well. He had a good game last week with a touchdown and uh, has has proven himself at you know in Denver as being a low end tight end one when he's getting the usage and if they're trying to make up for the absence of Lockett I think it's it's going to fall to Goodwin and, and most likely Fant. Noah Fant has also been targeted the second most on the team without Tyler Lockett on the field this year since Marquise Goodwin does not necessarily step into Tyler Lockett's volume I think that's what a lot of people assume that's not the case at all so the issue also is that. Noah Fant didn't practice on Tuesday. We don't know if he's going to play just yet. So something to keep in mind as we move along here. And would you play Marquise Goodwin, let's say, over someone like George Pickens? Because we're in a situation where the Steelers in general, like Deontay Johnson has averaged 15 and a half fantasy points from Mitch Trubisky, but only 9.3 fantasy points from Kenny Pickett, who can't get anyone the ball. So like we know Deontay Johnson's a worse play with Kenny Pickett returning from concussion protocol this week. However, like George Pickens is the one who at least is given the opportunity to make Hall of Fame catches downfield to produce. So like Goodwin or Pickens, for example. That's a good point. I mean, Pickens is good with the contested catches and Pickett can't deliver an open ball to anyone. So Pickens ends up being the guy, right? Uh, I would, I have Goodwin at 34, Pickens at 35. But if we know that Pick, if Pickett's going to start, uh, I think I'm going to be flipping. I'm not quite flipping because I have Deontay Johnson right now at 24. Uh, but Pickens is going to move up. Deontay Johnson is going to move down. I don't trust Pickett regard with regard to Deontay Johnson. Uh, they just don't have a rapport, and I'm praying for another quarterback to be the starter next year for Deontay Johnson. Um, I think Pat Fryermuth is is certainly a little bit better with with Pickett in the lineup as well. Um, that would be that's an interesting question. If if Pickett is in the lineup, do you do you start Pickens over Goodwin because they both have pretty good matchups? Uh, Kansas City's 21st adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. Uh, Vegas is 16th. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just trust the Seattle passing game more than, you know, than the, than the Steelers and uh, Kenny Pickett has so few touchdowns, uh, that I just can't count or even hope that, uh, anybody scores a touchdown there. And teams are averaging 36 pass attempts weekly against the chiefs because they're forced to keep up with them point for point. I just think that's the range we're talking about to give an example to everyone with Marquise Goodwin. I think I'd actually start Goodwin over Chris Olave too. I, I am worried. I would as well. I would too. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that weather and Olave, you mentioned usage. The, the usage is also yeah. an issue, but I mean, for me, it's really the weather that's going to really ratchet down the passes in that game. That's the range we are at Paulson. What else do you have coming out for everyone later this week for week 16? Yeah, I've been finishing up sneaky starts. Uh, just did the last uh, round of rest of season rankings. Uh, so I'm done with that. Excited about that. We got the podcast, of course, on uh, Friday and uh, also doing that Q&A. And I can tell you why we have it listed as 1220 Eastern is that uh, producer Sal would like 
people who want to get their question answered to get into the chat and ask that question wow, early. Speaking. So we have, yeah, so we have a few uh, questions lined up for when I start at 1230. And, you know, the sooner you get in there, the, the more likely you're going to get your uh, question answered. So I broke the fourth wall. I apologize to everyone. Uh, of course, waiver wire column up for everyone adjusted for quarterback streamers, wide receiver streamers, Chris Moore. We talked about a lot of fringe receivers today. I still think Chris Moore is an awesome play against the Titans this upcoming week. And then, of course, for the later in the week, DFS for Saturday and Sunday between myself and TJ Hernandez as well. We will still be here in the Discord as well, having a chat on Christmas Eve. That was TG's idea. Thank him. Not mine. I combated. But we will be there Christmas Eve for everyone. So we are not going anywhere. In fact, I am literally not going anywhere. I'm staying inside eating sandwiches. So thanks, everyone, for joining. Again, we'll be back in Week 17, the same kind of show to gear you up for the Fantasy Championship. But until then, be a little bit kind of what you want. We'll see you next time.